0: Well, good morning. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. morning. All right. Hey, good to see you. You know, I told somebody the other day that if I encounter the groundhog, It's going to be the last year that he gets to see his shadow, right? Like, I am so tired of snow, but I'm so glad that we got to meet this week. You know, uh, it's one of those things that like, it's just a, a tension and a struggle that when I get the email or the whatever that says, hey, you can't meet this week. I'm just like, no, right? Because I just miss seeing you guys and miss this fellowship. But on the other side of that, I want to say this. That I'm excited about what our believe groups have been doing now we're walking through this series believe and we're going to talk a little bit more about it in a moment But we have city groups, which are just kind of small groups, if you will that meet during the week And we've had multiple well, we have four of those going on within our church, right? But here's the cool thing. Okay, we haven't been meeting on sunday But those believe groups have continued And so there's an opportunity there for fellowship to continue within our body, right? And so it's been neat to see how you guys are still just pouring into this series and getting to see that during the week. So here's what I want to do is I want to challenge you. We've gone through or almost gone through our first 10 weeks of Believe, all right? So if you're not a part of a Believe group, I want to challenge you in this next 10 weeks to jump into one, right? Not that we're going to have a chance of snow, but hopefully, right? (laughs) <laughs> we might, but that you have an opportunity just to fellowship and to walk through this series together with other believers, right? To have the opportunity to sit down with those questions that go along with this and walk through this series, and it's been really cool just to see like the the further development and the further growth that has come out of those groups. And then when you come here on Sunday, hopefully we're kind of adding just a little bit of a cherry on top to what you've read the week before. Now, here's the thing. I know there's several visitors here this morning. Like, if you haven't read this, understand that it's okay, all right? Because we're going to talk about it today, about what we've been reading through this past week. But what we've been reading through is this book by Randy Frazee, okay? He's now currently the pastor at Westside. He was down in San Antonio, but he wrote this book uh, a little while ago called Believe. Now, Jake's going to make fun of me, but the cool thing about this book is that it's 90% scripture. Like, It is all scripture. There's not a lot of his opinion of, hey, this is what you need to believe. It is, here's scripture, you take it, and then you decide what you need to believe. And so that was one of the basis of us even going through this. Across all of our campuses, we're walking through this book together. Our children are learning this. They're learning the same thing, just obviously on their level, right? But it's cool to see how it's across all of our campuses and across all of our age groups, we're studying the same exact thing. Right? And so we've been walking through that series. So this week, we're almost wrapping up, if you will, kind of our first 10 weeks. It's divided into 30 weeks, believe it or not. And believe it or not, we're already through almost the first 10. Like this is week eight. So we're almost there. We're almost done with that first 10. But as we've been walking through this series, it's really been cool to see the growth that we've had. All right? Now, for some of you who may have read this week, Okay? You may have read it and gone, oh boy, I don't know if I want to go to church this Sunday. Because the topic was stewardship. Now, when we talk about stewardship, a lot of times people go, Well, great, he's gonna talk about money. Right? Like he's gonna talk about money. So I'm not sure if I want to go this Sunday because he's gonna be talking about money again. But here's the thing about stewardship. Stewardship goes far beyond our finances. Okay? I want you to hear me. Stewardship goes far beyond our finances. And it goes into every aspect of our lives. Like every aspect of your life, you have an opportunity to steward well the things that you've been given. Now, here's the thing. Everything you've been given has been given to you by God. Now, you may say, well, I worked for it, right? I I work hard for my money, right? So I get my money. No, no. God is giving you that. Well, I, you know, I bought my house. Yes, you maybe did. But God has given you that. He has gifted that to you. Okay? And so if we take this idea that everything is, is God's, then that might change a little bit the filter of what we, how we look at how we steward things. Right? Because if these things are God's, then I'm going to try to do a good job stewarding them. Right? Maybe? Hopefully? Okay? So this morning we're going to be walking through a passage that was kind of in the middle of this chapter, and it's in Matthew 25. So if you have your books or your your books or your Bible, okay, we're gonna be in Matthew 25. If you don't, it's gonna be up on the screen, so don't worry. All right. But here's the fun thing about this passage, all right? Uh, I was a student pastor before we moved here in Kansas City. And, you know, a lot of people say a student pastor isn't a real pastor. So this was one of the opportunities, the first opportunity I had to teach in big church. Right. And so one of the first scriptures that I ever taught on was this particular scripture. And so this scripture kind of carries a little bit of weight in my life of just, hey, how are you stewarding this calling on your life that, that God has given to you? Right? Like, how do you steward that and what do you do with that? And so, out of that was my first message, if you will, in big church. All right? So, I'm glad to get to share it with you today here in Matthew 25. Okay? So, while you're looking for that, I want us to walk through our belief statement. So, each week we have a belief statement that goes with our chapter in the book. Okay? And this week it is this I believe everything I am and everything I own belongs to God, okay? So everything I am and everything I own belongs to God. Now, like I said a minute ago, if everything ultimately belongs to God, then we are stewarding God's things, right? We're stewarding God's things. So if we're truly working from this mindset that everything is His, then we probably want to do a good job of handling it, right? We want to do a good job of handling it. So, if you will, or you're already there, I'm not. Matthew 25, hold on one second, let me get there. I told Abby the other day I had a dream that I couldn't find Matthew in my Bible, but I found it, so good news, we're there. All right, so in chapter 25, we're gonna start in verse 14, okay? For it is just like a man going on a journey. Now, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about, the kingdom of God, but he's also talking about just living for Jesus, living for God and himself. Okay, so for it is just like a man going on a journey and he called his own slaves and he turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey immediately And the man who had received the five talents went and put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two took his and earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the men who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I have earned five more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Share your master's joy. Then the man with the two talents also approached, and he said, Master, you have given me two talents. Look, I have earned two more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Share in your master's joy. Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said master i know you you're a difficult man reaping what you haven't sown and gathering what you haven't scattered or haven't scattered seeds so i was afraid and i went off and hid your talent in the ground look i you have what is yours but the master replied to him you evil lazy slave if you knew that i reap where i haven't sown and gathered where i haven't scattered then you should have at least deposited my money in the ba- with the bankers And when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will not be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing slave, ouch, right? And throw this good-for-nothing slave into the outer darkness, into that place there, Will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, let me pray for us as we continue on, okay? So, Father, we just lift this time to you. And Lord, may your word speak to us this morning. And Lord, may your Holy Spirit just show us something new and fresh today in your word. Lord, this may be a story that we've heard before or not, but Lord, you have an opportunity and the ability to speak to us today through this passage. And so we give that to you, and Lord, may we just grow in this time with you. In your son's name, amen. All right, so here we have these three guys, all right? We have this, this master, and he has given his slaves these talents. Now, it's funny to me that these are called talents, because one of the things that you have been gifted by God is your talent. Right? Like your ability and what you're able to do. And here, this particular measurement of, or weight of money is called a talent. Right? Kind of odd. Kind of funny. But here's the thing. Okay? He's talking about money here, but I want you to equate that talent to multiple things in your life. Again, going back to everything you have is what? Is God's and God has given it to you. So you can put anything in that blank. Right? Right? anything can go in that blank here in this story but for the sake of the story we're talking about these talents that have been given this measurement of money okay so if jesus were to take this story and tell it in 2019 all right we're going to put a little bit of value to a talent so a talent was depends on who who you're talking to was either 75 to 100 pounds of gold or it had the same worth as 75 to 100 pounds of gold. Okay. So we're going to take that on the low side. All right. And so let's do a little math here. You're like, I didn't come to church to do math. I didn't either, but we're going to do some. Okay. So here we go. One ounce of gold today is currently worth $1,286. Okay. So if you got an ounce of gold laying around, congratulations. Right. Okay. So there's 16 ounces in a pound. So if I did my math right, 1,286 times 16 is $2,576 per pound. Okay. Okay. And then a talent is at least 75 pounds. So 20,576 times 75 gives us what? $1,543,200. Then you can do the rest of the math times 5 or times 2 or times 1. Wow. He gave them a lot. Right? He gave them a lot. Now, here's the thing. If we go back to the text, it says he gave them all his possessions. So he's given them everything. So this master was a rich dude, and he was rich enough that he has slaves, right? And so he's giving them all of his possessions. The guy that gets the least one talent is still equating that to today's amount, right? Gets one and a half million dollars. Wow. Sweet. If I was a slave, I'd want a master like that. Come on hand it over, right? But to another guy, he gives two, and to another guy, he gives five. Now, when we break this down, okay, here's the thing about it. Everybody gets something, right? There's nobody in the story that he goes, hey, uh, you're going to get five, you're going to get two, and sorry. No, it's five, two, one. Everybody in the story gets something. So guess what? Everybody in Here has something the Lord has given you or gifted you, right? There is something He has put in your possession that He so desires for you to steward it, okay? Now, here's the thing. They're given also freely. There's nothing attached to Him giving them this money. He doesn't expect them to go out and... Well, He expects them to multiply, but it's not required, Right? We see that with the guy with the one. like It's kind of expected, but it's not required. So here's the thing. When we talk about the master in this story being God himself, look at that translation there. God is a giving God. right? And he gives to us freely. And so he's willing to give us without any strings attached. right? But a lot of times we equate it to the strings. Like if I don't do this, this, and this, then God's not going to give me this. But he says, no, no, it's going to be freely given to you, right? So we often, we often put it in this place, okay? By merit, if I do five good things, then he's going to give me five talents. No, that's not the case, okay? He freely gives according to what? According to his own ability. To each according to his own ability, right? Right there in verse 15. Okay, so to one he gives five, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Now here's the thing, okay, that I want us to hear. God does not give based on works, but he gives on the basis of what he knows. Right? On the basis of works, but what he knows. That's what makes him God. He knows how much he can give and how much he can give freely to you, and how much you can handle. Right? Like when the master is giving these things to his slaves, he has already seen in his slaves' life a little bit of indication of how much he can truly give to them. And here's the word, trust them with. Right? Trust them with. And so to one, he gives five, to one, he gives two, and to one, he gives one. So then, as we move on in through the scripture here, verse 16, Okay? The man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two took his two and earned two more. But, there's that guy, but the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, here's the deal. We have these two fellows on the front end, okay? The guy with five and the guy with two. They reproduce the things they've been given, right? They reproduce what has been given to them. They steward it well, right? They take care of it. For what purpose? Well, we see later in the scripture, for the joy of their master, right? Like that's one of the things they get out of this is for the joy of the master. So their stewardship comes from their desire to please their master, Right? They're going into this going, I'm going I'm to take this and when he gets back, I want to be able to show him that what he has given me, I have taken it and multiplied it so much more for him to enjoy and to have. Like what a, what a thought process when we think about the things that we have been given. Now, when we dive into this story, look here. Jesus could have told this story with two people. You realize that? He could have told this story with two people. The guy with five Okay, so there's a guy with five talents, and he took it, and he multiplied it, and now he has five more. There's a guy over here that has one talent. He went and buried it in the ground. So now you have. This is how you do it. This is how you don't do it. So why do we have that guy in the middle with two talents? Now track with me for a minute. This guy has two talents. It's not closer to the guy with five. It's closer to the guy with one. Right, And he has just a little bit more than the guy with one. But what does the guy with two do that ultimately we as followers of Jesus should do with the things we've been given? He says, you know what? This is what the Lord's given me. I'm going to do what I need to do with it. Right? He doesn't look at the guy with five and go, well, man, he's got more than I do. He doesn't look at the guy with one and go, Haha, I'm than you. He says, this is what I've been given. And so I'm going to steward it well. I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it with what I've been given, what the Lord has given me. Okay. now. Here's the thing, Okay, it's always fun when you get in like church planting or church pastor circles. Right. And and guys start talking about, well, here's the size of my church and this is what it looks like. And this is how many we baptized, and all those different things. Right. And so you have the guy that maybe and like this is my tendency. I'll be honest with you. Like you look at this guy and you go, man, he's got a massive church like a lot of folks. I don't know if we'll ever be there, but, you know, that's OK. And then you look at this guy and you go, well, he's got 12 still meeting an apartment and has been for two years. Like, at least I'm not that guy. But here's where I need to be and where I have to be with my heart. This is what God's given me. I'm going to steward it well. Right. Right. Like, I'm going to take care of what God has given me. And I have found that when I do that in the past, with my ministries in the past, and I say, Lord, this is what you've given me, I'm going to steward it well, guess what? He says, you know what? I can trust you with that. Now I'm going to give you more. Okay. Cool. Right? So what's that thing in your life? Like, for me, again... It's church, right? Like, and that, that's bigger than just church for me. Like, that's friendships, right? For me, that's even like uh, people, like relationships, like all of those different things, but also my job, right? Like, that's my job. And so all of these areas of my life are this one thing. But for you, you may have multiple areas of your life and the Lord's saying, okay, how are you going to steward that, take care of that? and take care of it well. Right? Okay. So as we keep walking, here's some ideas. Okay. Is it your income? Is it your house? Like how do you steward your house? Well, how do you invite people into your home, your car, your marriage? You can fill in the blank with, with anything, but how are you again, stewarding the things you've been given? Because if we go back to the original statement, we're saying with our mouths that we believe everything God has given us has been from him. So how are you stewarding it? All right, now let's go back to the text here in verse 19, okay? After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more. And his master said to him, well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Now, look, the master is excited about what his servant has done. Like, way to go, right? Share in my joy. Like, I'm excited about this. But look here. The guy with two, in verse 22. Then the man with two talents also approached, and he said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I have earned two more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave or servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Share your master's joy. Now, here's the cool thing about this story. You've got the fellow with five and you've got the fellow with two. What do they receive back? The same thing. Right? The same thing. It doesn't matter what they're given on the front end. They receive the same reward. Now, there's the third guy. Right? The third guy. In verse 24. Then the man who received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. Oh boy. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid... And I went off and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. Now, I like to take stories like this, parables even, and and like put myself in them. Like a wish that I was a guy in the room or a fly on the wall, right? And so you've got these guys, the guy with five comes in, right? And he's like, hey, look, I have your five and now I have five more, right? Like he's got two hands full. Well, I mean, if we're going back to the weight, he's like, barely carrying it in. Right. But I took your five and I've got five more. The guy with two comes in. He's like, look, I've got two and I've got two more. The guy with one comes in and goes, I have yours. Right. Like I brought it back. Aren't you proud? And he's so confident about it, too, isn't he? Like, master, I know you and I know your heart. And in that knowing your heart, I have fear. Right? But look here. Here's the difference in how these people respond in what they do with their talents, the things they've been given. You ready? It's how they view their master. Right? It's how they view their master. The guy with one talent, given one talent, and he says, you know what? I am fearful of what you will do If I were to lose this or if I were to even add to this, I'm fearful of what you would do. But the other guys are like, you know what? We want to see our master's joy, right? We want to do this for for him. For him. We want to steward these things well, all right? So uh, in verse 25, again, I was afraid and I went off and hid your talent in the ground. Now, John fifteen eight. okay? John 15 is, is a scripture we use a lot here in the context of New City Church, okay? But at the end of John 15, in verse 8, it says this. It says, My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples, okay? And so these men are taking what they have been given, and what did they do? They produced more fruit, right they produce more fruit with what they had been given now think about this for a second when we are challenged to produce fruit by jesus okay and we're pr- challenged to produce fruit by god does he give us this list of rules and this checklist that we have to follow no absolutely not he says you know what here's all i need from you is i need you to love me and i need you to love me with all of your life. And so if we look at all of our life, that's everything we've been given, right? And he says, okay, go and invest that for the kingdom's sake and for the kingdom's growth. Steward it well, all right? Now, for you this morning and every single one of us in here, God has gifted you something today. And he has gifted you that thing for the purpose of Of growing the kingdom. Now, here's a couple ideas for that. Your personality. He has given you your personality. You realize that? He has gifted you your personality and who you are. And He has done that for the sake of the kingdom. Your unique abilities, whatever that is, your hobbies and your passions. Guess what? God has given those to you. And He's given those to you for the kingdom, all right? Your finances. Yes. It takes money to do stuff, right? And so he has given you those finances, but he wants you to steward them well so that you then can help further the kingdom, your stuff, your family, your life. It's all gifted to you by God for the purpose of the growth in the kingdom. All right? Because again, how does he respond to those, those men that that did it right, if you will? He says, Well done good and faithful servant right but he tags those two phrases on there well done good but also faithful right faithful one one who can be trusted one who can steward well i mean that's how i want god to respond to me right the day i stand before him like i want him to respond well done ray right like fill in the blank well done You, right? Like, well done, Abby. I expected a response there, obviously. Well done, Abby. Well done, Doug. You know? Well done. But here's the thing. How do you view the master and who and what do you want to hear? Right? What do you want to hear when you step into that? What are you longing to hear? And are you stewarding your life in such a way that that will be what you hear? Now, here's the thing for you today and the challenge that you can take out this week, all right, is this. What are the areas that the Lord's asking you to steward well, right? To steward well and to steward for his kingdom. I didn't ask him if I could do this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Matt and Candace, man, they're serving in our kids ministry right now. And a couple of months ago, Matt came to me, or I guess it's been what's well, been before the Believe groups. But Matt came to me and he said, I feel like the Lord is asking us to steward our home well. Like, he said, I don't know what that means, but the Lord is asking us to steward our home. And I said, all right, well, maybe an opportunity will come up. Well, a couple weeks later, we're doing Believe. And I said, hey, Matt, do you want to open up your home? And he's like, oh, man, I don't know. I said, well, remember our conversation? Oh, yeah, I think we can do that. Let me talk to Candace. And talk to Candace. But like his immediate response was, oh, I'm not sure, right? A little bit of that fear, like, I don't know. You know, we've got a lot of kids. We kind of got a messy house, like all that. But guess what? They have opened up their house, right? And their belief groups are going great. And then they've ha- they're having open tables now. Like it's just kind of like the Lord is just saying, you know what? Okay, you did the belief group thing. Now I'm going to trust you with this. And open tables are happening and people are fellowshipping in their homes to where a f- several months ago they were like, we're not sure we want anybody in our house, but you see, it doesn't have to be just your finances that you steward well. Because if you look at everything and you say, This is what God's given me to steward, then you'll steward it well. And you'll steward it for His kingdom. Right? So, what's He asking you today to steward? And then you can say, With full belief and full truth and trust, I believe everything I am and everything I own belongs to god thus that affects how i steward the things i have right so let's be good stewards when people look at new city church they go wow they steward things well right and with that the lord can say i'd like to give you a little more okay let me pray for us father i thank you so much Lord, just for the examples that come from your word. And Lord, even in the area of stewardship and the things that we've been given, you continue to just um, pour life into your word. And Lord, today I pray that there may be something on our hearts, Lord, that I just pray your Holy Spirit will stir in our hearts something today that you're asking us to steward well. Whether it be our finances, whether it be our homes, whether it be even our vehicles, whether it be our jobs, Uh, Whatever may fall into the blank for us today, Lord, may we begin to steward it well. And Lord, may we hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. I've trusted you with a few things. I will now trust you with more. And Lord, we look forward to what that looks like in our lives. Lord, as we, we see you just working in so many lives, even currently now, as doors are opening and, and people are opening homes and, and their life just to forward the kingdom. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And Father, may you be with each and every one of us this week. And as we just step into opportunities, may we see the opportunity just to uh, pour you into the conversation or pour you into the moment of, of help or the moment of opportunity that you give us. And Father, may we be people who just handle your things right and handle your things well. And so Lord, we just give this week to you and we praise you in your son's name. Amen. Well, today is also our day of communion, all right? And so when we talk about stewarding and stewarding a life, there's one who did it really well and his name was Jesus, right? And so he stewarded his life even to the point of obedience and death on a cross. But the night before he went to the cross, he got his, or before he was arrested, excuse me, he took his disciples together and he said, Hey, I want to do this supper and I want us to do it in remembrance of me. And so he takes out the bread and he breaks it and he says, This is my body which is broken for you. And they didn't understand what that meant. But then he also took the cup and he passed it around. He said, this is my blood, which is going to be shed for you. And they didn't understand what that meant. But a few short days later, he would go to the cross and his body would be broken, right? And his blood would be shed. But at that table, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so that's what communion is for us today, is an opportunity to remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross, okay? And so we do that by taking a piece of bread and a, and a little cup of juice. But let it be more than just a little piece of bread and a cup of juice this morning, right? Let it be this time of remembering Jesus, his death on the cross, and what he's done for us. So Austin and Alyssa are going to come back up and lead us in a song here. And as they're doing that, and as you feel led, Okay. You can come up and you'll grab there. There'll be a piece of bread and a, and a little cup of juice. And you can take that either right there or you can take it back to your seat and just pray for a moment. But whatever you feel like the Lord's leading you to do, all right? But again, I'll pray for us and then you can come up as you feel led, okay? All right. So, Father, we just give this time to you. And, Lord, we are so thankful that you are a giving God and a God that gives freely. And Lord, one that gave your Son so willingly for us. But Lord, it's just a testament of your love for us. And so in that, in these next few moments, as we just remember the fact that he was willing, though we are still sinners, he died for us on the cross. And so Lord, in that, may we just remember that and what your Son did for us, what Jesus did for us on the cross. So may this be a sweet time of more than just taking a bread and taking a juice, but it be a moment of truly remembering your body that was broken for us and your blood that was shed on that cross to cover us, Lord, with your great love. And so we just give these next few minutes to you as an opportunity to remember that. In your son's mighty name, amen.